on this episode of the 21st Century Classroom. So say you pick an apple, or buy an apple from the store. The apple might come from all the way from Washington, and it might be 3,000 miles from where it was picked to where you bought it. If you buy it from Hannaford, then you buy one from a farm in Washington, probably 3,000 miles for traveling, and one from Sunrise Orchards. It, the Sunrise Orchard ones will have traveled 13 miles or so, and it'll be a lot more fresh. So I grew up in Vermont, and my mom is a former home ec teacher. So every summer, our basement shelves would become lined with these jars of murky vegetables, things like pickled beets and canned tomatoes. And our refrigerator held things like apple butter and refrigerator pickles. But I thought it was pretty gross. And my stepmother made this, what I now consider an amazing fresh garden vegetable soup that I renamed puke soup. And I've never really lived that down. But in those days, I preferred food that I considered to be what I called regular food, which was things like New York Deli jalapeno-flavored potato chips, cherry Coke, and Pop Rocks. But unfortunately, when I went to college, my dorms provided kitchens and not meal plans, so I was at a little bit of a loss. And I survived on Kraft macaroni and cheese and pre-made chocolate muffins and Snickers bars. And I regularly ate vegetables, but it was primarily in the form of pre-made grocery store coleslaw. And looking back, it was actually pretty gross. But somehow, some way, I found my way back to the garden and back to a diet that primarily consists of foods that come directly from the earth. So how can we prevent this from happening to today's students? Well, actually, here in Vermont, we're pretty lucky because we have a few amazing ways to integrate food into the curriculum. For example, farm-to-school programs, which are thriving around the state, as well as our annual Vermont Junior Iron Chef competition. But best of all, when we integrate food into the curriculum, it helps students begin to think about interconnectedness across all of the other systems that we're part of. But don't take my word for it meet some amazing kids who definitely won't be surviving on Pop-Tarts, ramen noodles, or macaroni and cheese when they grow up. I'm Silas. My name is Ella. I'm Ronan. I'm Lily. My name is Hope, and I go to Cornwall School, and I'm in sixth grade. I'm Emily Hoyler. I'm especially excited to tell you this story because I had the privilege of teaching these students at the Cornwall School in Vermont. And the way we use food in our curriculum at the Cornwall School helps to ensure that these students won't grow up to be adults with boring palates. So I spent my first few years teaching in Providence, Rhode Island, and one fall we decided to take our students on an apple picking field trip. And I was actually a little surprised that most of my students had never been to an orchard and picked apples before. So we picked the apples and we brought a big bag of them back to the classroom. And the next day I brought in my slow cooker and some cinnamon and some plastic knives. And we spent the day chopping up the apples with plastic knives and cooking it down. And the smell of the apples and the cinnamon was like all around the school and it just smelled amazing. So when it was time to eat it, something that really changed the way I think happened. 
as one of my students was eating the applesauce, he looked at me and he said, Miss Emily, this tastes just like the real applesauce you get at the store. And that was the moment that I realized how disconnected we've become from our food systems and really from all of the ecological systems that support our lives. So from then on, I really tried to find ways to reestablish these connections for my students. When I moved to Vermont, everything was different from me but it was all great in a good way. So over the past several years, my students at Cornwall engaged with food and the local community and land in a variety of ways. And one way was that each year I posed a big question to the students, and all year long we used that questions to make connections between the different things we were studying. So the first big question is, where did it come from, where did it go? So say you pick an apple, or buy an apple from the store. The apple might come from all the way from Washington, and it might be 3,000 miles from where it was picked to where you bought it. But an apple from low, from, if you buy it from Hannaford's and you buy one from a farm in Washington, probably 3,000 miles for traveling, and one from Sunrise Orchards, it the Sunrise Orchard ones will have traveled 13 miles or so. And it'll be a lot more fresh. This is Silas, who's in sixth grade at the Cornwall School this year. I've had the opportunity to teach him and watch him grow and follow his curiosity for the past several years. After you eat the apple, the core, if you put it in the trash, it will, when it goes to the trash dump, it'll decompose and release CO2 into the air, which is really bad for the air. And that's why the earth is heating up. The effect is known as the greenhouse effect. And it's why ice, the ice caps are melting and the global temperatures are warming by a, like half a degree a year. The food system is connected to the wildlife because birds will pick up seeds from sunflowers and then they'll deposit extra seeds in other places which grow more sunflowers, which keeps that cycle going. And the, when the birds f*** it, fertilizes the soil, which helps other native plants grow. That creates a better ecosystem. And then the humans will take the vegetables and other things and the food scraps that they don't eat, they'll compost, which creates richer soil, which they then put in the ground, which makes the plants grow. And then using those local organic plants, it makes them, the people healthier themselves, which just helps the society and everyone. How do we shape the land and how does the land shape us? So we shape the land by cutting down trees and planting new gardens and buying animals. And the land shapes us by providing us with the nutrition, nutrients and hills and streams and rivers and the ocean. One of the ways that we tackled integrating food into the curriculum at Cornwall was through taking a farm-to-school approach. You might be wondering, what is farm-to-school? Farm-to-school is where, well, there's different parts to it. Um, some things are, well, schools sometimes take trips to farms and then they gather produce and then bring them back and use them in their kitchen. And other times it's where they're just 
outside planting things in their school garden if they have one um, and then just using all that fresh produce in their kitchen and eating it and then just healthy food. Knowing where your food comes from and knowing that it's not from like some place really far away that like you may know the person who grew it. A farm to school is when a school gets its food from the from a farm or it has a farm itself and the students go to that farm and learn about what where the food comes from and the process of growing the food and what a good farm has. I recently met up with Ryan Mora who coordinates Vermont's farm to school program. Hi, my name is Ryan Mora and I work at Shelburne Farms on our Vermont feed project, which is our farm to school project in partnership with NOFA Vermont. Farm to school is a really a comprehensive approach to bringing food, farming, and nutrition education to students by both developing relationships with local farms in the community where students can uh, be in relationship with those farmers either through field trips or farmers coming in also to help develop those relationships between farmers and the cafeteria to actually try to procure more local whole foods in the cafeteria and uh, involve the community in those efforts, which might be through things like uh, taste tests of local foods or community harvest dinners that are really celebrating the local economy and really trying to help kids um, make better, healthier choices and connect to the farming community in their area. In the work that I do for education for sustainability, sustainability can be a really abstract concept and food is a really great way to try to bring those concepts of sustainability, both the economics, the environmental health, the social equity piece to life because food is something that is really universal to our human experience. Because if you're only telling kids about the importance of eating healthfully and eating whole foods or, or how great local food is, if they are not able to access that because of their uh, family um, or because of their economic situation, it can really kind of be a cognitive dissonance for kids. Um, so the cafeteria then can be a place where we want to make sure that they can at least get access to really good, whole, healthy foods to be able to start making better food choices. But Ryan's not just a food education enthusiast. He's another product of 80s convenience cooking. I remember that from my own experience growing up. I ate a lot of microwave food, a lot of canned foods, and I just wasn't exposed to it at home. So if the school can be a place for them to experiment with whole and healthy foods, then that's great. Likewise, if you are working really hard in the cafeteria to serve great local healthy foods, but the students have no appreciation for it, of the effort that went into it, they don't know anything about how the food is grown, they don't even know why it is good for them to eat that instead of just maybe the the frozen chicken nuggets and tater tots, which always taste great, but we know are not the best things to be eating day in, day out. Well, for me, farm to school means a lot of things like the chickens, and then it also means different foods in our kitchen. Can I please have a squash patty? Some what? what? <laughs> there we go. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Cheese? Cucumber. I was going to say, 
Would you like some of these uh, carrots? Um, I would take some salad. And have you have you done a lot of activities with growing food and eating food in school? Yeah, we do have for the lunches. Like there'll be a vegetable or fruit of the month, and that will be included a lot in the garden. We had to plant a lot of different fruits and vegetables that we use in the kitchen. Have you thought at all about how food and the food system is connected to like nature or the economy? Uh, well, definitely the economy because with people eating fresh food from like your local grocery store, people buy it and then that makes money for people that grow that food and then it's kind of like a cycle. This year for the first time, and much to my delight, a group of Cornwall students competed in Vermont's Junior Iron Chef competition. Junior Iron Chef happens at the Champlain Valley Expo, so a big site. You can imagine hundreds, hundreds of people, students from all over the state. And when I'm there tabling, I'm talking to kids from every corner, up from the Northeast Kingdom, down in Bennington, down in Brattleboro. We're all meeting right up there in Essex, Vermont, and we have a panel of judges who are restaurateurs, who are chefs of their own right, or people involved in school food service serving as the judges, and looking at presentation. There's an award for just how well the team works together and for the taste of it and for creative use of highlighting local foods. It's 9 o'clock, I can see you guys are all working hard to set your stations. We'll be ready for the 9.30 competition start time. Once you've got your stations set up, Understandably, the kids were pretty excited about all of this. Pretty much every Tuesday, we would um, get together, and the first day, we were just thinking about things we could do, um, looking over the rules for the Junior Iron Chef competition, and we didn't really figure out what we were going to do the first day. And then next week, the next week after that, we um, looked at some other things and we tested two different um, ideas and picked one. So we tested um, dumplings and um, crepes. And we liked the dumplings some more. They seemed a little more doable, I guess. Um, and so then every week after that, we would practice with like new things. And like on the last practice, we um, two last practices, we had papers and we would like, we got jobs, had different jobs. They were mushroom dumplings with like carrot and cabbage. And so the mushroom was the mostly, that's what you could mostly taste in the dumpling. A little bit of, you couldn't really taste the carrots, but when you like bit into it, you could see the little orange pieces. And they were, were in like a vegetable broth with tiny little chunks of different vegetables. And um, there was also like a little thinly shaved like garnish salad, which was really nice because it was like clearish almost and pale, but very bright at the same time with the radish and the cucumber and the carrots. And we had like fresh grown microgreens and um, 
it was it was really fun. And now We had to communicate and be careful because there was like fire and knives and we started and we had to like just barely um, cook the ginger in a pan and then my teammate realized that it was overcooked and we're like oh no we have to do it again and so someone was like okay I'll start recutting the ginger and get more and the rest of us were like multitasking anyways because one of our team members came in sick the mor that morning and so it was like we thought we weren't going to make it because we had extra to do. We burnt the ginger and we actually came in with like 10 minutes to spare. Okay, moving on to the awards for our middle school competition. The middle school Visa Plus Award goes to the team which created green curry with Vermont vegetables. KSC from the King Street Center. Come on up to the stage. Our middle school Visa Plus Award winner. In the competition, we didn't win, but we enjoyed it enough that it was worth it. I'd, I'd do it again, even if, since we didn't win. We got close. We learned how to work as a team, and that was important. Great work, guys. Congratulations. Remember Ella, who'd never tasted a garden fresh carrot before moving to Vermont? One of the food-related projects she worked on took her not just around the world, but to her own backyard as well. To make food, usually there's a story behind it, where it comes from and how it got there. How, like, sort of, I forget who did this, but someone did, I think, how noodles are made in China, but then they went to Italy and lots of other sort of things where they tr where the food travels and we were we also learned about what where the ingredients come from my family's half ukrainian so one of our celebrations is at christmas we have a special dinner of different ukrainian soups like borscht and pierogies but my favorite that we serve at the beginning is kuta it's a wheat water, honey, and poppy seed mix, and I decided to learn more about it and find how my family came from Ukraine to Canada. And that's not the only overlap. Do you ever use food to, like, to learn in social studies or science? Yeah, we have. Like, in third grade, we had to trace where different apples came from, some from, like, local farms and some from, like, Washington State. What did you discover? Well, fresh apples just can be better for you. They don't have to have as many preservatives because it doesn't have to travel all the way from one side of the country to the other. And, yeah. What were some of the other impacts of food traveling so far? Do you remember? Oh, um, like, uh, there was, like, the carbon footprint and it used up like just more gas and it just didn't help the environment in general whereas if it comes from a couple towns over it's gonna take like half an hour to get here and that's not using very much gas or things at all. 
One of the favorite times that I had with the farm to school thing was building the compost, like, and then playing with the doors because they had the, like, concrete block on the end, and it was really easy to open and close them. Sounds like physics. It was. It is physics. And then we, and then I really liked planting the garlic and picking the tomatoes, and when there were bad tomatoes, we would throw it into the field, which was really fun. But why listen to me? Why listen to these students? Because the proof is in the pudding. Just listen to these students talk about what they like to eat. Back at Cornwall School, I stayed for lunch, and over a squash parmesan on a bed of garlicky spaghetti with a salad of mixed greens with a maple vinaigrette, the kids and I chatted about what the impact of all of these food studies have been. We also talked about what they like to cook and what they like to eat. I really like watermelon and cucumbers. I really like cooking foods from different places. Like with a variety, I like sometimes I like to cook Chinese or Thai or anything that is appealing. I wouldn't have eaten mushroom dumplings if I hadn't known what was in them. I would have thought that just sounds gross. But when you know what goes into something, you can understand, like, that it's okay. Um, some of my favorite vegetables to eat are squash, like spaghetti squash and delicata squash. One of my favorite things to eat is definitely snap peas and sugar peas because they're really fun to snap and then eat each little pea individually. Um, my favorite root vegetable is probably the beet because you can do so many fun things with it. In a beet salad, you usually have thinly sliced beets with some feta cheese on it. And sometimes you'll add some Brussels sprouts or something, like maybe a hard boiled egg or two on top. Another great thing to do with beets is to put it on a pizza. So pizza crust with a little maple syrup on top with beets, feta cheese on it. And like I said, I don't think these kids will be surviving on mac and cheese as young adults either. Here's Silas with a final thought on the subject. So when I grow up, I will definitely be buying more local and organic foods so that I'm healthy and that I know that it's not processed with, definitely that they don't wax the apples, which is really bad for you and only helps the cosmetics. Probably also hurts how good it is for you, definitely.